Hey folks, and welcome to Breaking It Down on the Breakdown 707 Podcast Network. This is Miracle of Sound behind me now. I'm your host, Arvid, and what you're about to hear is the first ever episode of Breaking It Down, an interview with Spencer Campbell of Slayers and of Covid Court and of, and of many other wonderful games. Oh man, this was such a blast to record. This was just recorded a few days ago, and it's right now half two in the morning as I've finished editing it. Actually just recorded the second episode of the show, but I decided to sit down and edit the first one to be able to get it out as soon as possible. Because, man, it was such a fun conversation. I had such a blast just talking about Slayers and about all kinds of other games, including some (laughs) old traditional Swedish woodblock throwing lawn games. Which was very interesting. That was <laughs> that was a very fun conversation. Yeah, man. I just want to give a special thanks to Spencer for being the guest on the first ever episode. I didn't expect the first episode of this show to be an interview. If I'm honest, I thought I'd have the Iron Swan script done by now, but I just got so many people who said yes to being interviewed. So I I did one of those. And it turned out really good, so I'm actually not regretting it at all. I fucking loved it. Anyway, I'm not going to hold you for too long. Just enjoy the chats, enjoy the conversations, all the links to my stuff and to Spencer's stuff and to all the games we discuss on today's episode will be in the description in the show notes. And without further ado, here's the show. So I'm Spencer Campbell. I use he, him pronouns. I'm a psychologist by day, game designer by night. Um, If you know me through game design, you might have heard of some of my games. Uh, I made Score earlier this year for Kickstarter, which was recently nominated for an Emmy. And then some of my other releases are Corvid Court and Slayers, which was my big Kickstarter that just wrapped up a couple days ago, uh, and I'm now in the process of making that book a reality. A lot of what I have um, prepared is about, um, kind of about Slayers, and yeah, the Kickstarter ended, what, five, six days ago? Not even, like, a work week, I don't think? Yeah, it's been less than a week. Yeah, so how are you you feeling now? Because you made, like, what, tw- 11, 12 times the money you asked for? Yeah, yeah. I made I made about 11 or 12 times what I needed or thought I was going to need. So uh, there's a lot more books that are getting published than I thought. And the cool thing is all that extra funding unlocked stretch goals, which let me bring in a lot of creators to contribute to the book. So actually this last week has been a lot of coordinating with them. You know, I have multiple artists who are doing different types of art for the book. I've got tons of people who are adding some sort of word contribution, be it like an adventure or a district or something like that. So that's kind of been my week has been coordinating with these individuals and seeing what is this final book going to actually look like. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I looked at um, an early version of Slayer's I don't remember how how far through development that was, but I looked at that on my Twitch yes. stream, and I I, remember I really that. enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. So oh, I, I really I, appreciate I am, that. 
I am just just personally quite excited to see it become a reality. And I think I ordered the. I think I have the physical version. Oh Find yeah, you, oh yeah. You you added the the thing to get a score scene, and I was too weak to resist. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting thing when when I decided to add the score zine. Uh, I'm I'm shipping. I think like three or four times the number of copies for score with this Kickstarter than I did with the actual Kickstarter for score. Um, so it'll be cool to get that game out to more people as well. Oh, was that Kickstarter as well? Yeah, that was part of Zine Quest earlier this year. So February ish. Oh, yeah. I don't think I spotted that. That's cool, though. Yeah, I got um, I bought a copy. Or I think I got got it in the um, the racial equality bundle. I believe it was in there. Um, so I do own a copy of Score, but I've just I I love the heist heist games. Heist I'm, games and I, crime games are very good. Right, I'm obsessed with crime as like a genre and heist as a genre. So most of my games involve some form of crime or 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 criminal activity or something like that. I just like that's why Corvid Court exists. Uh, things like that. I just I love that genre. Yeah. I would, I'm very glad I'm not alone in that. <laughs> so I feel like um, most of the things I end up making, both characters and game wise, end up being some thieves. And all my paper books mm-hmm. have thieves in them. I'm like, I don't know what this says about <laughs> me, but I like it, so I'm gonna keep going. Yep. I mean, just lean into it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I've. Um, haven't got the chance to play score yet, but I have played COVID Court, and I quite enjoyed that. That was really fun. Cool. You you get to play it. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, because um, it's all it's based off um, one of my favorite games, Inspire, because it's made in the Resistance toolbox. Yeah, I Spire is probably my favorite game. Um, probably, I don't know. It goes back and forth, but that system, that Resistance system, is just Oh, I love it so much. And so it felt perfect to use that for a game about bird criminals, weird bird criminals. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what I did with my group, um, I think I tweeted about it. I don't remember if we had an exchange about that, but I paired it oh, with yes. uh, Big Feather and Bone. So we sat down one week and made the city. And the next week we, um, I played in it. That was fun. That was very enjoyable. I remember you mentioning that, and I thought that was such a cool idea to... Because I, I really like Tyler's game uh, as well. I I, I want to find a way to play it with my friends online. Did you do it online? Uh, yeah, we did uh, Roll20 um, and just had differently colored pen tools and circled things. We each had a separate handout yeah. that we filled out and like just listed out. It worked really well. The the playing cards were a bit janky, but it worked. Sure. Yeah. That's that I, I I do remember you now mentioning that you combined those games and I thought that was just brilliant. Like a very yeah. cool way to, to mix those two zines together. I've got I've got a dropbox with about like two hundred and fifty RPGs I wanna play and read. It's like <laughs> here's two about birds. I'm gonna combine them. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, talking about um, a bit about system, I was looking through uh, some of the other things you'd made, and 
kind of looping back into Slayers, sort of how long has that game existed in some form? Because the one the ones that um, sort of trigger this thought in me was one in the chamber and which words because one in the chamber obviously has the six bullets and which words has the four plus rule with the varying dice sizes so i kind of yeah so yeah what came first in that yeah so slayers came first before those two like one page rpgs but slayers wasn't it hadn't really taken its final form yet um Slayers as an idea has probably existed for a year or maybe a little more. Um, how it actually got created was that I had two different projects that were not monster hunting games that I really liked the core mechanic of, but I never could get, I kept running into writer's block and I couldn't get further in development. And so I just said, would it be, would it make any sense to try and combine these two very different mechanics? And that, so the mechanics are what we see with the blade in Slayers, which is that exploding die thing, because I wanted to do something a la like a Street Fighter sort of like combo fighting game. And then a the, the six bullets for the gunslinger was its own thing. And it's still a game that I'm working on, uh, like a gunslinging, RPG that that six bullets thing is the thing that everybody has, but I never got far enough. And so I mashed those things together. Uh, and so things like which words and one in the chamber were actually things that helped me develop layers without actively developing slayers because I could get ideas on the page or see what kind of different iterations or different flavors of those core mechanics would feel like in a really condensed single page rpg so i got that four plus system down with which words and i got the the six bullets thing down with one in the chamber just to see does it make sense does it feel good is it exciting to read on a single page yeah for sure so it like i think they're both really interesting games in their own right um like i was i was reading through them earlier and oh cool it's sort of like, like they were simultaneously like something i'd like to play and also knowing that Slayers exists, like it's a really solid like the demo or like um, trial thing, however you'd like to word of just like this mechanic um, that ended up becoming something maybe slightly different, maybe adapted because of what happened with the one page into Slayers, and that's that's a really cool way of designing things. I think it's it's helpful for me. I I do a lot of multiple versions of the same game and you know 9 out of 10 of those versions won't see the light of day, but I make iterations in different versions of games with varying degrees of complexity to see at what level is the core mechanic the most interesting to play with. And so making a one one page RPG is always I think an important part of my process just because does the core is the core mechanic interesting enough on its own that it can stand on its own. Uh, Cause if it is, then I can expand on it into a, a you know, a meteor game. Yeah. Cause with the one page, you don't really, you don't have the space really to do anything more than just a core mechanic and some little stuff around it. So right, it, exactly. it is a very, a very kind of raw medium in a way. It's like it's sink or swim on this one mechanic. 
like maybe one or two right exactly if that mechanic is no fun then (laughs) then you got nothing uh you've got a couple of fun tables to generate ideas but then that's it so uh it's it's a good testing idea you'd participate in the the wretched jam right i did rigged yeah rigged so i did that because i i've i'm trying i was actually talking with chris last week now that i think about it because he's doing a podcast on games from the wretched jam um oh yeah i yeah yeah i remember seeing that that you were you were on that so that was really fun because i got to be on there with with adam who i designed uh kind of a, a rules subsystem for wretched games that allowed you to play them competitively against somebody else so it was really fun just with chatting with people, but I was, I was talking with Chris about how I kind of just stumbled onto the wretched by accident. You know, it must've just been somebody retweeted it and it was on my feed and it was really early on in the quarantine process when I saw it. So I, I was going through that gaming withdrawal because I wasn't playing my regular campaigns with my group. And I had never really done a solo RPG before played one. And so you know, I figured, oh, I have a Jenga tower and I have a, a deck of cards. Let's let's just try this. And I got immediately hooked into it, loved it. Um, and when when kind of when Chris was then hinting at this idea of let's have let's see if other people want to make things for it. I mean, my mind that was one of those games that I sat down and I, I wrote it in like two days and made it in two days because I just couldn't stop thinking about it. It was it was very fun. I, I, I'm i a huge fan of that system. Yeah, I think the Wretched was um, a, an interesting... It was interesting to watch sort of the effect it had on other people actually making things. Because that was... Like, I've been on the like, tabletop twitter for a while now um but with the wretched jam that was the kind of the biggest jam i've ever that's it went as far as to get through to me and i made something for it yeah yeah just the way that game like blew up and became this huge thing and like chris and matt yes matt sanders yeah yeah um yeah they made an srd and then they made the jam and there's been just so much good stuff coming out of that. Yeah, we we were talking about that. It was like the first time a lot of people had ever made something too, which which was kind of a running theme, which was really cool just to hear that so many people had never made a game before and they they made something with this. Um, I know for me it was an early design. You know, I had made Scorn and, and been dabbling with things, but this was one of those things that really just got me going and thinking, oh, I could... I can pump out games like this. This is very fun. Yeah, you even went as far as to make like almost like an SRD of your own for the the two player rules, right? Yeah, I made Wretched and Not So Alone, which is That's yeah, exactly like cool. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been fun. He and I are actually playing a uh, uh, a series of Wretched and Not So Alone right now. So I made Rigged, which is about this it's cyberpunk hacker who's way in over their head in debt um trying to take on like one last run and adam eventually then made a game called weaver which was inspired by the story of rigged uh, and kind of told the other side of the story which that alone was 
really cool to see him do that. But then because the two stories go so well together, Adam had this idea of, well, could we interact with one another in, you know, they're supposed to be solo RPGs, but can it still be a solo RPG with a bit of interaction? And we kind of went back and forth and came up with this idea of using the cards that you're, you, you know, normally discarding in a wretched and alone game and actually saving them as poker hands and then playing them against the other person between their terms. Uh, and it was really fun just to come up with, you know, small, subtle ways that you could kind of ruin the other player's game uh, by collecting these cards. Yeah, absolutely. There's, it's been really... Oh, there was some other thread. Um, I can't remember who by. I was talking about... Um, like, the way game design evolves, and how something becomes a thing, and then people do that thing, and and then... There's these like radical breakoffs that do totally different things, and then they spiral. And I just think, just watching the Wretched Jam, there's been a lot of really like feels weird to say, but like traditional Wretched games for a game that's like months old. Mm. Um, but yeah, then like um, the Wretched and Not So Alone, or like Wikis, or um, mm. there's something more to this house. That adds these like different yeah, the, uh, elements uh, that like take the core thing and like twist it in a way where it really adds a, such a compelling different element. I think that's what I'm most kind of falling in love with because I'm I'm relatively new to the RPG design scene and just the indie design scene in general. This idea of like. Hacking, reiterating, tearing apart, tweaking other ideas and having it be highly encouraged to have that actually be celebrated is a very cool feeling. Uh, it's a very cool thing to see so that you do get to see those games that, like the ones that you mentioned, somebody comes from a different place or a different background and they've got a different take on it. Like I come from board games before I got into role playing games. And so I'm very much in the mindset of like, I want to try and beat you. Like I, I come from that competitive mentality. And so that's not always very good for a role playing game. But Adam and I found a way to capture that sort of take that mechanic, that feeling and make it feel appropriate to a role playing game. And I think that's possible because of this, this open encouragement of bring what you know, bring what you specialize to your game, bring your voice to the game. Uh, yeah, and kind of on that track, um, you said you you're quite new to the um, uh, role playing game thing. Like, how, where where are you uh, coming from in that? Like, how long have you been playing or designing, and sort of where did you enter? So I've been playing for about ten years. Um, I probably have been playing things like rolling role playing games before that. So. I like in high school, for example, I was really into war games, tabletop war games, and we would play them, but we would inevitably start pretending to be the characters anyway. So we were adding an element of role playing and storytelling to our war games that wasn't a part of the rules. But it wasn't until actually I got to grad school that I first played a role playing game proper. Um, so that was about 10 years ago. 
and so that's where I got introduced the, to the I, to the hobby and actually playing it. And then in terms of design, I have been like, well, like I said, Slayers has been in my head or on the page for about a year. So I, I probably got into designing role playing games a year and a half, two years ago. Um, but I hadn't really put anything out. I had a, a few um, of of those one page RPGs similar to Witch Words and One in the Chamber that I had put out with a friend of mine who I did some co-designing with before I kind of started Gila RPGs. So I had a couple of one page RPGs out there, but it wasn't really until score, honestly, that I did my first. Here's like a full game, like something beyond just a single page. Yeah, okay. You said you uh, came from board games. Uh, do you mean playing or did you do any design in that sort of that space as well? Yeah, so playing for sure, like played board games since I could pick one up with my hands. I've always played board games. Um, my mom loves games, so she kind of inspired that love of play in me really early on, which is I'm incredibly thankful for. And so I've played board games forever. And then I designed board games for a few years with with that friend Mike, who I was just talking about, who I, I put out some of those one page RPGs with, we actually tried our hands at, at board game design for a few years. And um, board game design is an incredibly long and detailed and difficult process. Um, is depending on the complexity of the game that you're making, but just the, just the idea of like having to create prototypes and the amount of testing and, and you know play testing and balancing that needs to go into a board game is wildly different than a role playing game. Like yes, some role playing games need to be balanced and play tested, but honestly, a lot of role playing games don't because there's enough space in the rules for you all as a table to like figure it out and and make the game work for yourselves but that kind of open interpretation isn't as encouraged in board games at least from what i've seen and who i talk to your board game has to be perfect and that was a nightmare to try and design uh so we we did that for a couple of years made a bunch of really cool looking prototypes but ultimately never published anything uh and it was around that time that i was i've had been playing role-playing games for so long. I was like, well, I like designing and I really like these role-playing th games. So why don't I just try doing that instead of this board game stuff? And that's, that's when I kind of changed my, my priority. Yeah. I think the, this, 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 both the differences and the similarities between board games and tabletop is really interesting. I think you can see that in a lot of, in the games people make, whether they come from, from board games or not because as you said there's a lot of a lot of the balancing thing is uh stuff i find really interesting so i totally agree with that idea that if you can tell if somebody comes from board games or what kind of board games they play by the role-playing games they yeah. play like like slayers for example uh, one of my favorite board games is root which is kind of a recent phenomenon in board games which is this highly asymmetrical thing and board games in general have a lot of this concept of asymmetry that we play with unique classes or unique whatevers in our games and i never was satisfied with what was considered asymmetry in role-playing games and so i just took that thing that i loved in board games and said i'm gonna make that a thing in role-playing games 
So that absolutely lines up with what you were saying about the games people play before this totally line up with what they designed. Yeah, so I think asymmetry um, is such an interesting concept because I never... Um, I don't know that if I'd really seen it done to that degree before I read Slayers. That's what I'm hoping. This may just be, be, be me not having the knowledge, but like I feel like I've read a, a good number of games and that was still... Just like how radically different the core rules were for every every class. I I I agree. I when I would talk about asymmetry to people, they would point to any game that had classes in it and say, "Well, those are asymmetrical. They have different uh, abilities that they can get when they level up." But I would always look at them and say, "Yeah, but they're doing the same thing. Like they all roll the same." dice and do the same thing like that's not asymmetry to me that's that's just the same thing with a different coat of paint on it um so like i would have people who would legitimately tell me that D 5e is an asymmetrical game and i just i couldn't my brain broke what i would hear that um and so that was definitely one of the big driving factors for slayers was i want to show people that asymmetry like real asymmetry is super cool and it's exciting and fingers crossed works as a game yeah for sure i think that there is a level of restraint needed as well or like just just control of it so it doesn't turn into a shadow run hacking um correct in some of the earlier it was like okay you've had your turn you shot some bullets you've had your turn you did a spell or whatever i'm the hacker i'm now gonna take 17 turns because i work at the speed of thought you go yeah <laughs> you wait over there i'm gonna do some gaming on my own for a sec i tried shadow one try to i tried to run shadow run once in my life and one person wanted to be a hacker I read the rules, I read them again, I read them a third time, and I said, we'll try it. And then the, that, the person who was hacking, they themselves hated the experience so much. They were like, I don't think this is the game for us. Yeah, I think my, my direct Shadowrun experience goes as far as I really like one Shadowrun, one actual play show, which in which they basically didn't play Shadowrun. And then there was a Shadowrun 6e actual play show that had to be cancelled because the game didn't work. So <laughs> I, I don't know how much you know about um, Shadowrun 6, but oh god, that's a game. <laughs> Is I, I don't know anything about 6e for Shadowrun. Um, the long and short of it is it was written by freelancers with barely any editing or communication between them. There's bits copy-pasted from five. There's rules referenced that don't exist or don't work like they say they do. It is... Great. It, it is, it's very fun. They made, it's, uh, they made, like, this whole big show and, like, everyone was in, like, cosplay and they had this whole big intro and it was, like, the episode was, like, we have to modify this game so much to make it work. It is literally not worth doing anymore. It's like, oh, we're going to no. stop. It was super sad. It was a really good show, but it was just a, a horrible mess of a system. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> and I think that is, it's an impressive uh, contrast of how fantastic of a world I think Shadowrun is, where the how mm. 
not great. I think most of the games are. Yeah, like the world itself is is interesting and one that I want to walk around in and like explore with players, but I have just no interest in doing it with the toolbox that they give me. Yeah, like it's it's the the one thing where I'm like, there just, are the Shadowrun. Just, just play the video games. games exactly. The the Shadowrun strategy they're really really good. They are super fun, super good. Yeah. So I am out of very prepped questions. All right. So, what's your favorite RPG? We touched on this a little bit because you talked about Spire, oh. and I agree with you, but if you're not allowed to say Spire... Okay, if I'm not allowed to say Spire, um, it's, well, it's probably going to be Heart when my copy of Heart gets to me. Um, but in the meantime, uh, I think my favorite game is Blades in the Dark. For hmm. a number of reasons. One is it's a crime game. So, of course, I'm going to love it because you're criminals. Um, obviously, you know, looking at Slayers, I am very much into the aesthetic that Blades in the Dark is all about. Um, that's why I like video games like Dishonored and things like that. And then Blades is interesting to me because the the core rule of the game is relatively straightforward and easy to learn, but there's a lot of really small moving pieces to the game that once you understand how the whole machine works, it really like it takes off in a really interesting way. And I've, I've always found that when I introduce people to blades, I don't throw all the rules at them at once. I throw them what they need and watch the game grow over a handful of sessions and they can see how it really works. And it's super exciting to see people get into the cycle of play. Like I think blades captures the idea of cycle of play really, really well as to it captured it so well with friends of mine that I, at one point had three different blades campaigns that I was GMing at the same time. Um, and I had them all playing, you know, at the same time in their own campaigns timeline so that, I would give them updates in newspaper articles that I would write that would show one another the the effects of the other groups, gangs, and what they had been doing so that they got hints as to what was going on. Uh, and so it was this really cool... It was, it was a lot of work for me, but it was a lot of fun work to do to kind of coordinate those three campaigns. And I think I, I was so willing to do the work because I love that system so much. So they they were all like in in one instance of the dusk wall. Yep, exactly. That's so cool. <laughs> That's really really cool. I really like. Yeah. That. So you know they would, and and a lot of them knew each other outside of the game, so they would talk to each other in the real world, but would never be willing to like share their actual secrets of what was going on in their game. Like they truly lived up to it. They're like, I'm not going to tell you what my gang is up to. Like that's, that's against my gang's code. Like you can come over and see for yourself, but don't step on our turf. And so it was really cool to see them get into it in the game and outside of the game. Yeah. That sounds really cool. I love it. I think blades is such an impressive system. Like, like it managed to spawn a whole. It was a PBTA game that spawned a whole new denomination of game that's now 
blossomed into a beautiful garden of Forged in the Dark yeah. games. Because, yeah, just that system is, is so good. I have my Forged in the Dark, like, draft on my in Google Drive where it's like, here's all the things that I want to make Forged in the Dark. And I'll get around to one of them <laughs> one day because I do, I agree, that system is is really, really wonderful. And it, it kind of exploded into this, here's all these cool ways of, of slightly tweaking this this system, uh, but leaning into this this concept of cycle of play. What's your favorite game? What's my favorite? My favorite game is Iron Sworn. It's tied with Ooh. Spire, but I won't say Spire because then we'll just be going back and forth <laughs> and saying Spire at each other. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my favorite game is Iron Sworn, and I am working on a Iron Sworn hack, which is a bit dishonoredy. I'm a hundred percent on board. It, it, and it was really funny. Um, we've had this interaction a few times where I went, oh, I'm writing this mechanic, and then I uh, go to do the stream of Slayers, and you go, oh, wait, wait, no, Spencer, he did that. That's my <laughs> idea. I just wrote it down. <laughs> where I had a very similar thing where I'm like, okay, so it's, um, Iron Swan is all about this, the um, kind of the discovery as, as you go, and... You start up with this basically empty map, and you fill it out. And like when you reach a new place, you like can figure out the place. And this, place. I'm like, what if it's set in like a weird Lovecraftian, bloodborne, <laughs> dishonoredy city that grows, and you have a hex map, and you can. <laughs> I'm like, that's just fuck. That's that one again. <laughs> wow, great mind. I think alike. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. I'm like looking back at my notes, and like a lot of this is the Slayers did a lot of this. I had a, this exact moment with Heart as well, because I mm. I got it. I got um, the everything PDF package, and I've just mm. been like downloading them and sticking them in a folder. I've not really looked at them yet. I flipped through it and went, "This is cool." Still, I'm a fan, um, but didn't like read it super properly. And then I made some sort of prototype for like a hex crawly kind of game where you go into a hex and like roll to figure out what it is. It wasn't exactly the same sort of setting. It wasn't as delving into dungeons. It was more like city building or like world building, connecting people. Mm. So it was like heart, but happy. Um, <laughs> I looked at heart and was like, this is exactly the mechanic I was making, but a little bit better. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh. I, I, I don't even a, need to get, make games anymore. I'm just on Twitter, and people make the games that I want to play. If I start work. designing something, someone's going to release it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I had a similar experience with Nevin Holmes, uh, who did Gun and Slinger. Mm. Um, yes. Because, uh, because, well, so Slayers has a gunslinger character in it, uh, and that mechanic comes from my own gunslinging game that I'm working on in which you are gunslingers in a weird world with sentient cursed guns and I'm and Nevin is telling me about his game in which you one person plays as a gunslinger and the other person plays as a cursed sentient gun and I'm like ah oh, <laughs> fuck I can't believe we have the exact same idea now our our mechanics are, are thankfully wildly different from one another, um, and so that's kind of why my gunslinging game is on the back burner because his gunslinging game is very cool. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things where 
Nevin and I have realized that we are extremely similar to one another in our design brain process. And it has been very cool to kind of keep talking with him and, and realizing, oh, we think the same way. We we want the same things in games. Um, so much to the point that we were both making games about sentient, cursed guns. That's a very specific thing to, to match up on. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah, that was that was the the shocking thing that we had both come up with this very specific thing, and we're actively working on it at the exact same time, had, having never spoken to each other before. Um, actually, you're saying that because um, um, Gundam Slinger was the first game looked on stream, and yours was the second. Um, nice. Yeah, and uh, just. Uh, I think Gun and Slinger was the first one I noticed it, where it was, or not noticed it, but the first one I was like, this is pretty much completely dice Like, this is a card game. Mm. And then one of my absolute, no, actually, my absolute highlight of uh, Zine Quest uh, was Night Rain uh, by Ollie Jeffrey. Oh, I didn't get that one. Which you... It's, I'll send you a link. You, I, you will like it. You will love it. Um, it, it is very, it's in like what an Edwardian t- type setting. It is a, it is a stealth stabby game. It is a Dishonored Thief game. Um, Perfect. I'm sold. You don't need to tell me anything which, else. <laughs> yeah. But where it looks like it's, that uses a kind of modified version of Blackjack. Mm. Uh because it's about like you push your luck and you balance these things and you with each challenge you have to like push how far you want to go cool and is is that yeah is that something you had ever you've thought about like doing have you thought to issue dice discard the clicky clacky polyhedrals you better believe it for a card game you better believe i have a blackjack game in my google drive right now that is <laughs> a, that is a weird West blackjack game. It's sitting on my computer. That oh. it's just one of you know the hundred designs that are sitting there. Hell yeah! That got to like a few bullet points on a Google Drive thing. Yep, I tried doing I tried doing a blackjack thing, um, and I never really went forward with it. And I think. So for me, I was doing blackjack in a Wild West setting just because I have that strong connection of Cowboys Wild West playing poker. And so blackjack should just go with that. Um, But I like that idea of taking it and putting it into other places like that thief setting. Um, I don't know when this is going live, um, but another friend of mine uh, Adam Adam Vass, uh, who has Necronautilus up on uh, Kickstarter right now, which is a fucking mm. really cool game that I could go on and on it about. Sounds cool. That's got just a cool ass name. I want to look it up just because. Of I that. will tell you all about that in just a second. But uh, he has he's recently been showing off a game that he's releasing in August that uses uh, blackjack as well, um, but in a in a horror setting. So I I think it's cool that. I, I think it's cool seeing people take that idea and put it into a whole host of different places that, you know, I, I dig that idea of going diceless or, or non-traditional. The, the, the reason I haven't fully gone like with a diceless thing is because that board game person is still inside of me. 
and I know that I will I will gamify it too much. I will turn it too structured and into like turns and action points and stuff like that. And it'll just be a card game at that point. It won't be a role playing game anymore. Um, there's something about kind of the traditional sense of rolling dice that is keeping me grounded in the role playing space. It's something that I eventually want to, to grow out of and, and and think of as a designer. But I I think that's why the blackjack game and a few others never really manifested is because I I made them and then I showed them to somebody and they said, this isn't a role playing game. This is just like a board game. This is a card game. Uh, and so it's hard for me to turn that part of my brain off sometimes. But I think that can be like a strength as well. Like if you know that about yourself and you're like, if you can design into it, um, I don't know if you saw it, um, another vague Twitter thread who I can never remember who it's from. I was talking about um, rules as ritual mm. uh, versus rules that allied, I think it was. Is that the word? I'm not native English speaking. I can get words wrong. Yeah, um, you get a free pass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I was talking about, um, yeah, like uh, if you go to throw an axe, roll 2d6 plus axe that you don't need to think about how to roll an axe, but whereas something like Blades in the Dark, you get the whole process of figuring out like what you're rolling and the position and the risk and everything, and it becomes like a ritual of sorts that sort of can be used as a very effective mechanic. I think even some, like if it's a longer sort of card-based thing, even if it is a bit, a bit more gamey, mm. I think it can definitely be used as kind of tension building in a way, rather than just let's stop role playing and play this game for a second. Okay, and then let's resume role playing after the thing. Right. Yeah, I I I think that's a really good point. Um I I like I said, I've I've shown games to friends that I've made and they, they said it's board games. And I think it's also because they are very board game people too, and so they, they see it and they they recognize it from kind of what it is. But I, I do like that idea of, I like that distinction of of rules as ritual. I never really thought of Blades in the Dark as kind of this ritualistic sort of like you're putting, but you very much are putting together this dice pool based off of reading the fiction. I like I like that word for it, ritual. Oh, that's really good. I want to know who. Yeah, I'll, who I'll, I'll see that. if I can find you. Um, it's my awful memory for names combined with following two and a half thousand people means I vaguely remember the profile picture of the person who posted it, but <laughs> right. But I'll, yeah, I'll find you that thread and send you it along with some other stuff. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, putting night rain here, night rain here, just just for GP. Because um, yeah, that was an absolutely fantastically fun looking game. Oh yeah, I'm gonna um, definitely be finding this, buying it if it's. Was this for Zine? You said this was for Zine Quest, right? Yeah, it's still on Kickstarter. I think it's coming out in like October or something. It's should be this year, I think. I've okay. had a little bit of talks with. Uh, I've talked a little bit with um, uh, Ollie Jeffrey, guy writing it. Mm. And yeah, it, it just looks so exciting. And um, two of the stretch goals that I love is first of all, there's an SRD coming, which I'm so love excited it. about because I I feel like. Whatever this becomes, it's something I'm going to want to steal and make my own thing of. 
and there's going to be an alternate setting that's like Maori um, inspired. Ooh. It's going to be written by um, I don't remember his actual name, but it's uh, at Maori Nerd on Twitter. Oh, that's super cool. Speaking of SRDs, that's something that I want to do that I am doing with Slayers. Yeah, I was going to ask. So, so I intend on releasing the game with a very open Creative Commons license so that people can just hack it apart, strip it, whatever they want, you know, re- adapt it, make their own thing, sell their own thing. Importantly, I want people to be able to sell the stuff that they make. Um, you know, if people put a, ha- a lot of hard work into making something for Slayers, I want them to get compensated for that so there's going to be that and then i'm going to be putting out a a thing that's like a creator's kit so what it's going to have is it's going to have a bunch of tools and templates and things like that that people can use to create their own classes and districts and monsters and other things for like the core quote-unquote traditional slayer setting but also give you the tools and advice for making it in your own setting as well because after I release the quick start to people, I've been getting tons of responses of, of stuff that people have made, which is, first of all, mind blowing that people are making stuff for this game before it even exists. Like there's there's one person in in the discord who is he's made this incredibly cool monster generation table set. Um, I did a play test with some some folks and one person slept that night and then woke up and wrote five new classes for the game like with all the rules and everything that you would need for it another person i know is wants to make and has already started working on a sci-fi setting so the same kind of core mechanic and this leaning on asymmetry but doing it in a sci-fi space and that's super exciting to me that people first of all want to make slayer stuff but that the kind of the core tenets of the game which is you're going to roll dice Everyone's going to roll dice in a weird and different way than other people. But most importantly, no matter how you're rolling dice, a four plus is a good thing. Like that's really all Slayers is when you boil it down um, to its key parts. So it doesn't need like a big SRD. You just need, if you want to make a class, think of a unique way to roll or manipulate dice. Boom, you've got a class. And if you want to make a new setting, just keep the idea of, a four plus is a good thing and people are going to roll different size dice or different pools of dice. It doesn't matter. Four plus is the good thing. So I, I'm going to release that creator's kit to get people to, or to encourage people to, to just freely make stuff, you know, make whatever you want for the game, put it out there. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited already with what's out there. So I will, uh, I will look forward to seeing what other people make. Yeah. Hearing that there's, you're allowed to make stuff. Make you very good about stealing the idea for the city for an Iron Swan hack. Yeah, do uh, it. Take, <laughs> just go, go wild with it. I love it. Yeah, I would like to pitch you two things. Okay. How first of all, a Slayer's class that uses a card deck instead of dice. Hmm. I need to draw draw a four plus, which is pretty good odds. <laughs> pretty good odds. We'd have to. It would have to be a weird deck. It would have to be a weird deck. If you t- if you took out the face cards, it would be a effectively a D10. It would, yeah, yeah. You give the face cards to someone else. Ooh. Who can play? Who can do something against you with them? Ooh. Oh, I like <laughs> that. Or yeah. yes. Oh my. Oh my God. You're onto something here. <laughs> the, the- 
Is this what they call the tabletop chop shop? It's happening. It's happening. I've seen this on Twitter. Is this what we're doing? We, we, we somehow stumbled our way into it. Okay, I'm all on board with this idea. So p- please make that. I will, I'll I'll th- I'll throw in the notebook. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll keep you updated. Um, That's also, really good. Ben, this is based of a, a tweet of yours from a few days ago, um, where you mm-hmm. suggested using the old and still played Swedish uh-huh. lawn-based woodblock throwing game Kub as the yes, resolution yes. mechanic for an RPG. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to happen. Like the reason I don't there's a number of reasons I don't play D&D, but one of them is I don't especially at higher levels want to spend 3 hours doing a combat. But if I'm totally willing to play Coop for 3 hours, exactly. I just I'm so glad this game's getting the recognition it's it deserves. It's such a fun game. It's <laughs> such a fun game. I was introduced to it last summer, I want to say. Uh, and was immediately hooked. Uh, haven't really got to play it too much this summer, just given everything that's going on. But mm, but that, that makes but sense. It, you know, <laughs> it makes total sense to use it as a simulation of a of an ongoing battle. Why not? Why not you you know enjoy a little bit of sunny weather, play some Kube, and save yourself the pain of trying to spend three hours in a swing your sword again and again and again sort of environment. Yeah, and I think um, either that day or the next I had just, just some thoughts I posted on my own. Is if you just have some, like, woodworking tools, then you put can put elements of, like, deck 100%. building in it. You can customize your coops. Oh, this is... This... You know, make them, like, for, like, um, aerodynamics. You can make one, like... Like the tank, so it's really hard to you knock over. You realize this is your million dollar Kickstarter Kickstarter idea that you're talking about right now? A like <laughs> coming to Kickstarter in twenty twenty one focused coupe set so that you've got it's filled with blocks that are di- like some blocks are heavier or shaped differently to represent different like abilities or classes. Yes, yeah, different you, types of wood, different right you. Th- you throw things a little differently depending on the class you are. This is a thing. This is an idea, and you need this. Is this is it? We just yeah. we just heard your million yeah. dollar it's, idea. It's always the traditional underhand throw, but you can spend some like tokens that will let you throw it overhand or like exactly. st- step a little closer. The other the right. the opposing team can like put up shields. <laughs> uh, like if. Yeah, like you, you could be like a thief and like just you know like like maim another player, and they have to throw with their left hand or their non-dominant hand for a round oh, or something yeah. like that. Like, there's tons of ways that you could interact oh with, or like that's what the GM could do. You know, like that's that's monsters not chipping away at your HP, but affecting your characters by giving you conditions, right? So you, this this round you have to throw with your non-dominant hand, or you have to throw hopping on one foot or whatever right like yeah blindfolded right that's the gm in the monsters or the enemies whatever it is that you're fighting invoking conditions and consequences onto you rather than draining you of your hp it's perfect this is this This is a winning idea this will this will be like 100 shenmue three levels on kickstarter I, I mean, every person I know who plays Koob would 
play this game. So there you go. There's like 20 backers right yes. there. I mean, I'm impressed. I didn't know that game like existed outside of like Sweden. Like, I think it's a relatively new phenomenon in the lawn game scene here in the States, yeah. at least around my area. Was it, like was I, it introduced like said, by, by like uh, someone either Swedish or with relations to it? Or was it, is it coming up as a thing? Yeah, I don't think he's Swedish. I mean... Some of us mm, do hide in plain sight. Right. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you what his, his, his heritage hmm. or his origin is. Uh, all I know is I showed up one day and he had this crazy game with wooden blocks and I was like, I'm all in on this. This is my new favorite lawn game. Absolute classic. It's very, very good. Yeah. This is your new podcast is Coopcast. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's going to be talking about Coop enthusiasts and Coop yeah. strategies and also... Just going to get on Twitch, do a Coop actual play... You know, I mean, I would watch that. That would be very fun to watch. It's like watching any sport on TV. Yeah, right? we'd have like a few static cams and a drone. Give one of those like twenty thousand dollar slow motion cameras to really get the action shots. Get some bullet time going. I feel so honored to be here at the origin story of your million dollar idea. <laughs> the birth that of I could this, be here and watch this happen. This revolution of game design. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. All right, yeah. well. Both of those pitches were really good. Thank you. Obviously, thank what you. I'm super excited about, but they're both very good. <laughs> no, they're both. This is what's gonna catapult me to success. I hope so. My, I hope so. My cub stream will eclipse critical role. Just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have any other. Um, All right. But yeah, just yeah, we're coming up for like 50 minutes. Oh, it's been really fun. I really enjoyed this. this is yeah, it's inaugural episode. My very first guest is very exciting. I had a ton of fun. I I can't wait to. Do you know who you're going to bring on next? Um, I've got um, uh, Nevin Holmes lined up. See, Nevin and I are the same <laughs> person. We do all the same shows. Yeah. And I've got um, uh, Cody Fork, who did um. Mm. Terrain and hell, uh, as yeah. well as other things. I uh, I am just starting my Terrain and Hell playthrough. Uh, that is a really nice looking PDF. A very cool, wretched game. Yeah, I'm uh, planning on doing a, a, a like a, a wretched uh, showcase on uh, my Quick Look series. I'm just going through basically just a premise, as to not like spoil them, but just going through a couple of games. Um, I find mm. cool, and I've got Terrain and Hell, Rigged, Wikis, and some other ones. Um, cool. And the House of Leaves inspired one, because, oh god, it's the best. It's the coolest ever. Yeah, for sure. I've got, like, a billion Wretched and Alone games in my to-play folder that, you know, I need to just chip away. Whenever my Jenga tower falls, I just gotta make it start a new a new one. Yeah, I mean that game will always be. I think it'll always have a, a special place as the thing that spurred me to actually making my first game. So I want to talk about some other people who also made games at the same time. And if they're not that, that's they're, awesome. They're, yeah, it's not like any of their first games, but they're all really cool, and I want to yell about them on Twitch. I love it. I know Chris would love it for you to shout out about that stuff. So yeah. right on. Oh my god, do you think I could get Chris on as a guest? I think so. Oh my god, that'd be so fun. 
I had a delightful chat with Chris and Adam the other, yeah, yeah. last week. I think you could pull it off. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the, the encouragement. But yeah, the wretched was so good. I absolutely love it. Yeah, definitely. Cool. But yeah, where can people find you and what are you currently making for the for the internet? So you can find me at Gila RPGs on Twitter. That's G-I-L-A RPGs. Uh, you can also find my website, GilaRPGs.com or GilaRPGs.itch.io if you want my digital stuff. All my digital stuff goes up on itch and my website. Um, but the physical stuff that I print is up on my website. So if you want any of the zines or stuff, that's that's there. Uh, right now, I am working on Slayers. Uh, the campaign is over, and now it is putting all of the book together. So uh, just actually yesterday, I got drafts of some of the set piece art that's going to be in the book. It looks great. Co- uh, coordinating with guest writers Nevin Holmes to give him another shout out uh, and Banana Chan uh, getting the drafts of those put together so that's the vast majority of my stuff right now is is getting Slayers put together so that I can get the PDF out to the world to the backers uh, as soon as I can and then get the, the printing and shipping process going um, and so that's that's mostly what I'm doing right now um, you might also find me on Twitter randomly talking about crows and crime because I always kind of want to keep working on score and corvid court in various forms. So I might be dabbling in, in expanding on those games in the near future too. Yeah, all these links are going to be in the description or show notes or wherever this is posted. It might be on YouTube. I don't know. It'll be in the description if, if so. Um, cool. But yeah, thank you so much for hanging out. It's been a really fun time blast thank yeah. you so much for having me right i am going to be following up with you about this coob thing I, <laughs> by the yeah, way I'll... and the card thing <laughs> not going away i'll share you the the trello once i make good. it good well thank you so much for having me That's all for now. This is Miracle of Sound with a song called London Town. Thank you very much for listening. You've been wonderful. As always, more content to come. Until next time, have a good one. Yeah,